1: Breakthrough, nothing personal word of the day for March 7th, 2022, it's Monday, it's breakthrough. Everybody is being so negative about the MLB lockout situation, tired of hearing about it. I'm waiting for a breakthrough and I think it's coming. I can feel it, I can smell it, I can sense it. And I wanna talk about why and what happened this weekend that is causing extra optimism by me but extra pessimism by the majority. I get why you feel the way you feel. I would feel that way too. If I weren't giving you the knowledge or had the knowledge of 18 years of negotiating with the players, with agents, with the union, understanding how they think, why they think, what they think, what their modus operandi is, looking for little nuggets little easter eggs i don't even get that expression but it's what the goyim told me about like an easter egg is is a uh, it's a thing where you see something and it's like a clue of what's happening there have been easter eggs galore this weekend so they were negotiating sessions which is good right you want the two sides talking proposals We heard that the players were going to give a proposal. Do you remember when games were canceled last week, the question was asked, who's next? And Rob Manford said, well, you can answer that for yourself. We made a full proposal, and they rejected it. So I guess the ball's in their court. But then you had the players say, well, when asked the same question, they said, you know, that was their last, best, and final offer. So what's there to say? And I told you. Well, it was only their last, best, and final offer before postponing opening day. So of course, the union was going to come back with a proposal, and so the union did. So you've got a bunch of MLB negotiators, not Rob Manford. You've got people from the commissioner's office, no owners. They go to the players' union. Their office is in New York. Everyone's a little more calm. They sit for about an hour and a half. Everyone's waiting. They're excited. They're thinking this could be it. Maybe everyone has their senses straight, finally. And then word comes out through the spokesperson for MLB that not only do we have no deal, but also there has been backwards movement. We are deadlocked. Panic sets in. Anger. Let's get the information. What did the players do that counts as a backwards movement. Everybody's eyes get ready. They're gonna gloss over. Here they go. The pre-arbitration pool, all that money going to players who are not yet eligible for arbitration. Instead of $85 million, the players want in that pool. They went down to 80. That is forward movement. The owners have offered 30, but the players went from 85 to 80. We've got movement and it's forward. CBT. That de facto salary cap, that impacts five teams, seven teams maybe. No movement at all. It's not backwards. That's no movement. It's not forwards, not backwards. It's neutral. Okay, so that's not it. Hmm. Playoffs. 12 teams, we accept. Not 14, 12 Well, they'd agreed to 12 with the last time they met during that frenzy in Jupiter. That doesn't seem like backwards movement, right? That's neutral. All right, we've got one forward, two neutrals. So far, I don't see any backwards. Ah, what about on-field rules? The players say, hey, listen, owners, it takes a year if you want to force new rules up our tuchus, but we are willing to to change that to 45 days. But you can make a rule change with 45 days notice to us on the following three subjects only. Just three. You want to put larger bags on the bases? All right. You want to get rid of the defensive shift? We're cool. How about a pitch clock? 14 seconds with a no man on base, 19 seconds with a man on base. All right. Good. You can do that too. But you want to put in robot umps calling automatic balls and strikes. By the way, so when you're talking to your friends and people in, in your business and you listen to nothing personal and you tell them to listen to nothing personal and then you say, "What what's the story with these robot umps? They're going to be like people from Hitch, like those robots from Hitch T3. I am here to serve you. The first rule is Never let a human being get hurt. The second rule is never violate rule number one. It's like the rules of Fight Club with Tom Brady's ex-baby mama and Will Smith running around and trying to kill robots. So will those be the robots like as umpires? No. You have to picture what MLB is working on is called an automated ball strike. It's sort of like tennis where there'll be a some sort of way that when a ball gets into the zone – it's either e or uh or ink, like there's some sort of noise that indicates to the umpire, is it a ball or a strike? And then they call a ball or strike. So just say it's something like that. So we call it automated ball strike ABS. Some people are saying robo-umps, but the players said, no, you can't implement that. Why do you think players are interested in whether or not there's automated balls and strikes? Don't you think that'd be something that umpires and their union would be more impacted by? Well, unions protect other unions, right? If you're in for a union, you're in for a union. You like unions. So do you think the umpires are against automatic balls and strikes? No, they want to get the calls right. And it's not going to be done in a way that's going to be embarrassing to umpires because it's going to be seamless to fans. There won't be any more arguing balls and strikes you don't see tennis players anymore arguing whether a ball hit the line, do you? As a matter of fact, you don't even see any line judges. Maybe that's why there's some great concern by umpires. But there was never MLB saying we're going to get rid of umpires at all. Anyway, the players said, no, thank you. No automatic ball automatic ball strike calls. But we're good if you want to help stolen bases and if you want to do the pitch clock. Oh, side note, Coca, the whole pitch clock thing... Did you know there was a pitch clock in the minor leagues? Do you know that pitchers take longer to deliver a pitch when there's a man on base because they're looking over, they're trying to they're trying to hold the runner on the base. They want to make the right pitch because if you make the wrong pitch in the wrong location, all of a sudden you get a run batted in on a base hit that impacts the run run average, it impacts the score of the game, but with no one on base, my argument was, no one on base, there's still a man in scoring position because all everyone wants to do is hit a home run. So it used to be you have to add a man on second to be have a man in scoring position. And then a man on first, you're not in scoring position because most people are not hitting gap-to-gap extra base hits. And if the runner's not fast, then they may not even score on a double. But the way the game is now, which nobody's focused on because no one's willing to make changes that will impact that – You're in the batter's box. You're in scoring position. So, the players get to say, we made a proposal that is a huge give. Instead of the 365 days to implement something, now it's 45 days. So, again, how could we say that's moving backwards? that sounds like a forward movement so now we've got two forwards two neutrals where's the backwards movement that mlb is complaining happened yesterday at the negotiating session do you know how long a collective bargain agreement is just asking we told you on a recent show i can't tell you which episode let's just say that the mlb when they gave a proposal that many saturday ago three Saturdays ago was it by now four Saturdays about 130 pages the actual collective bargaining agreement is let's call it an inch right and believe me I know what an inch is right it's an inch it's thick so when a proposal is going back and forth a proposal doesn't look like a one pager right where you just give a page to the other side and say I propose the following six things look it's forward forward neutral neutral forward A proposal is a marked up version of the collective bargaining agreement. Here's the changes we want. Here is what we accept and do not accept from what you propose to us. There are 1000 issues inside a collective bargaining agreement. One that you don't think of except from nothing personal. Remember we talked about all the grievances as an example and how if I'm an owner or a president I am not agreeing to a collective bargain agreement that does not get rid of the 60-game grievance that the players filed for the 2020 season. So let's say, by chance, the players in their proposal said, we're willing to agree to these three things, forward, 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 neutral, neutral, but we're not getting rid of the grievance. We want to see that through. We want to take it all the way, Sly Fox. Well, guess what? That's backwards. Because the agreement that we suggested to you was get rid of the grievance. And that's one of 996 other issues where it is possible for MLB to say to you publicly, that has been a step backwards. However, the players playing the PR game, Know that the only thing that anyone's writing about is the collective, the uh, competitive balance tax, the pre arbitration pool, the minimum salary. And if they don't move backwards on those issues, then they're going to win the PR game. You remember when the players for the pre arbitration pool were at 100, and one time they did a counter proposal taking it from 100 to 115. And the owners said, You're moving backwards. And the writers said they're moving backwards and the fans said wow they're moving backwards bad players and the players said oh no 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 we want to be good players we are going to make the appearance that we are moving nothing but forward so i have a simple question as we head into a monday knowing that games the second week of games is going to be canceled today or tomorrow it's been a week right last monday was the 28th it's been a week then they did that frenzied negotiation till 3 in the morning and then did it again Tuesday, and then it didn't work, and then Rob Manford canceled games. First two series. So they'll wait another week, and I told you it'll be a week at a time, so this Tuesday will be another week. As a matter of fact, Coca, let's just get to that so I can move on to something about this agreement that we need to discuss. Wait to see is when I say something is going to happen If it does happen, we revisit it. If it doesn't happen, we revisit it. I'm gonna give you a quick wait to see with a very quick turnaround. Tomorrow, baseball will announce the cancellation of a second week of games. And the reason they will announce that is there will be no agreement today. There will be no agreement tomorrow, and that will require the cancellation of another week of games. So it begs the question, what's the object for the players? I was thinking about this all weekend. I was trying to understand, I know the object of the owners. I've been a president for a very long time. I know exactly what I want to do. I want to make as much money as I can. If I can win games, that'd be great. I don't want to be forced to spend money and waste money on people who I don't think are going to help me win games. I want to be able to pay the players as little as possible. Those were my objectives as president. Those are the objectives of all 30 presidents. Whether they say it, whether they lie to you or not, whether the owners lie to you or not, those are the objectives. The owners are in control of what the commissioner is able to negotiate. I cannot say it enough to you that to blame Rob Manford is a mistake. You may not like him from a PR standpoint. You may not think he's good in front of a camera. But Rob Manford can only offer to the players what he's got the votes to offer. When there are four owners acknowledged that voted no on a proposal, that means there were 26 who voted yes. That means that is a real proposal for the players to ponder. It doesn't matter that four owners were against it. It only matters if there are eight owners against it, because if there's eight owners against it, that means that the agreement can't be an agreement because there aren't the votes for it to be ratified. If I'm the players, I wonder whether or not it's true that there were four owners who voted against it. Because if I'm the players, I'm thinking the owners want to get that information out to us, don't they? They want to get that information out that there is a split camp amongst the owners. Hmm why would the owners want to get the information out that there's a split camp that it was 26 to 4. wow epic because then the players would say to themselves "Uh uh-oh we don't have a lot of wiggle room here if we push even harder for different levels of cbt or for more money in the arbitration pool the pre-arbitration pool what happens if that four becomes eight then we're not going to get paid at all this year, and we're going to get a year older, and there could be a whole missed season of baseball, and that can't be what we want. We're trying to prove a point that we're a strong union, that we're trying to make up for the bad deal that we agreed to in 2016, and we're trying to hit the eight-run home run and get it all back, get the pound of flesh, the whole package, but if we overplay our hand and the owners really don't vote for it, wait a minute, the owners are not going to sit for a whole season. Oh, they may. So if you're on the owner's side and you're doing strategic PR and strategic negotiating, you're going to pretend that you don't want the four owners to be public. You're going to pretend that you don't want anyone to know that there's any discord amongst the owners. But mm, that seems like it could be a positive development to get a deal done. Because it could scare the players. If you're the players, you could say, I'm not scared. I want there to be ownership discord. Ownership discord means that that could be the end of Rob Manford. And that's what we want. We want man-clown to be disappeared, Marcus Stroman said. We need a new commissioner. I've got a surprise for you players. If you think that Rob Manford is going to get fired over this negotiation, you don't understand why Rob Manford was hired. Rob Manford was hired in order to carry the water on labor negotiations, and they are going exactly as the owners suggested they would, as they wanted them to go. If you're on the player's side, how do you not realize that you've already won this negotiation? How do you not realize that when I told you I'm a no vote on the offer that was made to the players last Tuesday, and apparently there were four teams who were no votes, How do you not realize that every objective that you have stated publicly that you had has actually come true? If you're Max Scherzer and Andrew Miller, and you have had the gumption to carry Scott Boras's water, which is what Max Scherzer has been doing this entire time, and you have stated what your objective was, number one, get more money to younger players faster, okay? minimums are at a historic number two and i'm not carrying water for the owners here folks again i am not in the game i'm giving you the facts one minimum salaries all-time high increased in a percentage that is unheard of and unacceptable to me as a small revenue team two cbt increases at a percentage greater than it's ever happened before you wanted to try to get cbt higher you did it you wanted to stop the penalties from becoming more onerous you did it the owners wanted worse penalties for its teams because the payroll disparity in baseball exists in a way that does not exist in other sports you got that you want more players eligible for arbitration Well, you didn't get more players eligible for arbitration, but what you really wanted was more younger players getting paid more money above the minimum. You've got a $30 million pool of money that will, in many cases, quadruple the salary of good young players. Accomplished. Number four. Service time manipulation, you hear this all the time from Scott Boris. I do not want Chris Bryant not on the team. We want our 26 best players. If you're a young, good player, you should be put on the team. Don't do a Samson and bring up Cabrera in June. What the owners have given is that there will never be another Chris Bryant situation ever again. Chris Bryant was the player for the Cubs whose service time was manipulated, which led to a grievance. By the way, it happens all the time. But there will never be another Chris Bryant. Will there still be service time manipulation with other players? You bet your bottom dollar there will. Absolutely. Will there still be young players who get underpaid in the rearview mirror? Of course. Because once you have had a great season, then you get paid after. It's hard to know in advance when you get brought up, even though you come with great pedigree, whether or not you'll be a successful major leaguer. Major League history is absolutely littered with great prospects who have been duds at the Major League level. So all of the things you wanted, you could stand up right now, hold a press conference, if you are Tony Clark and Bruce Meyer, and you could say, we crushed them. We won this labor negotiation. But the players as I told you, are not trying to just win the negotiation. They are trying to make up for the losses of the previous two negotiations by not winning, but by having a blowout. It's not enough to win the game 4-2. to two. They want to pile on. They want to win the game 25-2. to two. I'm in. If they think they can do it, I'm in. But what they're misunderstanding is it's not going to happen. What are the owners' misunderstanding? They believe that any sort of give on any sort of subject, any area of collective bargaining, like the pre-arbitration pool, which is a huge, huge give, because that pool did not exist before, they believe that any give would satisfy Scott Boris and Bruce Meyer. And what they don't realize and what the owners have been missing this entire time is that the players are dug in in a way that should make all of us concerned but not panicked. So what will happen now? Another week of games will be canceled tomorrow. Wait to see. You will then have more meetings and it will be a standoff. It will be a period of time where... Each side says to the other, are you aware of what you're doing? And I don't mean to you, the fans. Are you aware that if we miss another set of games, there won't be a Jackie Robinson day on April 15th? Are you aware that if we miss another set of games, that you are going to lose the PR battle? And the players said, no, we're not. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go public, and we're going to say how important it is that if games are missed, that people are paid. All the people impacted get paid. The owners got absolutely surprised by this. Did you see it this weekend? It was totally awesome. Major League Baseball Players Association made an announcement as though there had been a hurricane or some sort of refugee crisis or tsunami or other such something. They said, we are giving $1 million. $1 million. $1 million, let me make sure you, you got that number right. Sounds like a big number. $1 million to all workers impacted by the fact that the owners have locked us out and there can be no games. You're a groundskeeper. You're You work a camera in a broadcasting crew. You flip hot dogs. We're getting you a million bucks. All of a sudden, everyone's calling on the owners. Look at you. How could you guys be so cold and callous as to forget about the little guy? So the owners had to get together and get their own pool together of money so they could tell the media, yeah, that's a great idea. We're doing it too. Just out of curiosity, how do you think it's going to work? I am all for people understanding collateral damage. It's one of the great things you learn in law school you've heard me talk to you about the ripple effect and how if you are paying attention in law school you learn that when you drop a pebble in the middle of a stream there is a ripple effect it goes out in in circles right so you drop it in one place but all of a sudden 20 feet away in the river you've got water that is being displaced and being moved the ripple effect every decision like the butterfly effect ashton kutcher right every decision you make impacts people both intended and unintended. Consequences can be far reaching. It is true, if there are no home games on March 31st, that the 1,000 people who come and do security, ushers, ticket takers, scanners, people who are in concession stands making the food, people who sell the food to the concession companies, who buy the food, who then sell it to you at a markup of 20 times. You're right. All those people are impacted. The supply chain is under fire. What does a million dollars do and how does it get distributed? I am sick and tired of people using, whether it's GoFundMe pages or PR statements to try to let you know that they care about everybody that's been impacted and they want you to love their generosity quotes in there from andrew miller and max scherzer there are a lot of people who make our game great many aren't seen or heard but they are vital to the entertainment experience of our games here's what's vital anyway how about two hours and 55 minutes anyway unfortunately they will also be among those affected by the owner-imposed lockout and the cancellation of games through this fund we want to let them know that they have our support horse hockey what it should say through this release through this statement we want them to know that they have our support and then it says they're going to work in the weeks ahead to determine the hardest hit communities and align resource distribution to those who need it most. So practically speaking, are you going to apply for it? Do you have to show that you couldn't mitigate the fact that you're not flipping burgers at, at Pro Player, at Marlins Park, at, at, Mar- at, Mar- at Lone Depot Park or at Yankee Stadium and that you didn't try to get a job or you didn't get a job flipping burgers at another place, that you couldn't work at Barclays Center? Or any of the other facilities and then you have to show the fact that you have rent due and that you're overdue on your rent that you have maybe tuition for kids or maybe you can't afford food there are tons of people who are struggling so i'm just curious what the timing will be and how the application process will work so then you will identify people and Coca was worried that I would be curmudgeonly during this topic. I'm not being a curmudgeon, Coca. I'm trying to explain to people, practically speaking, that this million dollar fund is the biggest bunch of crap i I've ever H-E-A-R-D. Forget the fact that people were mentioned in the statement who actually work for teams, like groundskeepers, etc., Are are they going to give money to the teams in order to add extra money into the salary of the groundskeepers because the groundskeepers who are employees of the teams are going to get furloughed, and then the extra money from the million dollars split up amongst 30 teams? How much is that, Coca? What's a million divided by 30? Let's just, whatever, 300 bucks, 350 bucks, let's say. So that means that every team will get $35,000. What are they going to do with that? 35000 per team. Let's say there's 1,000 employees, game day employees. So that's three, 350 bucks. Okay. It's great. David, come on. It's a good start. And then if MLB does a million, that's up to $700. Mark my words. I want you to find the first person who gets the first distribution from this fund. Find them. Her. Them. I want to know. And then I want to know what procedure was done in order for that person to get it. And I want to know how public it was when that person got it. PR, folks. It's all about manipulating you into believing what they are saying is accurate. Owners are doing it. Players are doing it. You're going to hear from people on the owner's side today. You have to. Can't just be Rob. Okay. Okay. We're going to have more lockout stuff later, but I got to go to break and review something that I watched all three seasons of F1, Drive to Survive. And spoiler alert, come back after the break. But believe me, believe me, you will not need a cartridge of hashish to enjoy this series. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you. Coca told me we had a record week again, so we are headed toward another record month on top of the record month. Just keep listening and watching on YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. Keep spreading the word, because we have fun with you every day, and we love it. I watch a movie every day. I felt totally out of the loop having not watched F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix, a series about the Grand Prix. I am fortunate enough that I've been to the Macau Grand Prix as part of that cultural exchange club that I'm a member of, which is four guys going to a sporting event every year, except COVID, since 2006. Went to that Grand Prix. It was like single A. It was F3. I didn't know what that meant. I'd never heard of F3. I never read any articles about F1. It was not on my radar. I didn't watch Grand Prix. I couldn't name a driver. I didn't know what the rules were. I didn't know anything. Bobby Unser won the Indianapolis 500. I like watching it, but I like waiting for crashes. Sort of like a hockey game waiting for a fight to break out. Or a football game waiting for someone to go across the middle and actually get Lester hazed. So, I'm not going to watch it. I'm then told by enough people and ended with my son-in-law and two daughters and son who said dad you have no idea how good this is we didn't know anything about grand prix because you never told us anything about grand prix you never took us to any grand prix races we never knew a thing about it you were all about baseball 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 you were barely about anything we did it was all about you and all about everything related to your job that was the most important thing wow did i just strike a nerve with myself huh interesting That's a little self-discovery right there. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Masha, Masha, Masha. It's all about you, you selfish. Anyway, yes, I was completely self-involved. I thought that I was the son around which the family and everybody else would rotate because I was the president of a Major League Baseball team. Oh... Please genuflect in my general direction, and don't talk to me unless I talk to you first. Anyway, I said I'm going to watch it, so I watched it. So, now I know that there's 10 teams in F1. Now I know it's called a grid, and there's 20 drivers. There's more drama, there's more behind the scenes, there's more politics, there's more sponsorship. If you like business and you like personalities... You've got to watch F1 Drive to Survive. The fourth season drops on March 11th. The 2022 season starts right after that, like 10 days later. I now know something about Gunther. And if you don't know Gunther, then you're not paying attention. He runs the Haas team. The Haas team is the American team. You've got Ferrari. You've got Mercedes Benz. You've got this guy named Lewis Hamilton. You've got McLaren it's 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 by the way you've got ginger spices husband who's the principal of the red bull team there's a fact for you it's insane how cool this sport is and if you think there's not money in the sport the red bull racer max verstappen just signed a 55 million dollar a year deal yes that's more than james harden that's more than trevor bauer that's more than lebron james These guys are worldwide superstars. So Haas is the American team. They were in the news yesterday with a story that I never would have paid attention to. I would have read right past it. Wouldn't have given it a thought. Haas F1 team has elected to terminate with immediate effect. That sounds like it's not written by me. You could just say to immediately terminate, to terminate effective immediately. I don't know why it would say to terminate with immediate effect, but I digress. The title partnership of Uralkali and the driver contract of Nikita Elton John Mizipin. As with the rest of the Formula One community, the team is shocked and saddened by the invasion of Ukraine and wishes for a swift end and peaceful end to the conflict all right let me explain because this is too good Haas hired a Russian driver the reason they hired the Russian driver is the Russian driver's father and you know me I'm all in on nepotism money talks but if you're not good at what you do you're not going to get a seat in the grid you've got to be really good So there's this Russian guy who runs a company. That company sponsored Haas, and it is a million and million of dollar. That is horrible, Coca. 469.86. It is a multi-million dollar business to run a Formula One team. It requires huge amounts of sponsorships, way bigger than even MLB teams have, way bigger than NFL teams have. You've got companies where they are giving tens of millions of dollars have you ever seen an f1 driver and the car and even the principals even the guys with the headsets they've got more companies on their uniform than anybody ever and they're all giving money to be associated with this sport every time they blow a tire right it's another tire it's another talk about an oil change right it's it's not like a grand every time you run a race it's in the millions fine Haas needed money, they go to a Russian company, the Russian company says, we're in, I'm in, I love it. However, my son's gonna be your driver. Haas says, can he drive? Let's see. Well, of course, he's been in the minor leagues, he can drive, hires him, done, done, done. Done. Then there's a war and Russia has become obviously a country non grata. You can't associate with Russia anymore. So the Haas team had to fire the driver and get rid of the title sponsor. That is a huge, huge impact for their team. The driver came out and said, what did I do? I didn't invade Ukraine. My father's company may absolutely be involved in some shady stuff, but I don't work for him. I'm just his son. Why am I the baby thrown out with the bathwater? Let me drive. But of course, that's not how it's gonna work. They're gonna be athletes, whether they are in tennis, whether they are in F1, whether they are in basketball, and they are going to suffer the consequence of what their country is doing. But guess what? They're not the only people suffering that consequence. How would you like to be Brittany Griner today? Brittany Griner is a WNBA player who because she doesn't make enough money playing in the WNBA, is forced to take on another job during the off season. You've heard of players in baseball who play in the winter leagues, right? They go to the Dominican or Mexico or Venezuela, not much Venezuela anymore. And the WNBA, they go to where the other professional leagues are overseas and they get paid. There are many WNBA players playing in Russia. All of a sudden the war starts, And the suggestion was by the State Department, here's an idea, you may wanna come home. It's not so good right now. So Brittany Griner's on the way home, going through security, bing, bang, boom, she's got a pen with some Mary Jane and maybe a little hashish. She went to talk to Samson and now she's in prison being detained. Now it's unclear, is she being detained at a hotel? Is she being detained in a prison? Because what she did is punishable, trying getting caught with drugs. Coca, during the pregame show, had never heard of the movie Midnight Express. I've got a quick educational bulletin for those of you who've never heard of Midnight Express. You better go see it. And here's a little nugget. Don't buy drugs, kids. And if you're gonna buy them overseas, Don't take them back home with you. And if you're going to buy them at home, don't take them in your suitcase overseas. And if you're going to take them, check them and don't put it in your carry-on. And if you're going to put them in your carry-on, you better not get caught. What's the moral of the story? I'd rather smoke oregano given to me by the concierge of a two-star hotel than risk taking pot anywhere outside of the U.S. It's not worth it. The oil is not worth the squeeze. But Brittany had it. We don't know. Did she have it? Was it planted? She may have had it. Unclear, but she's charged with it. Punishable by 10 years in prison. Now, the State Department, everybody's up in arms. The Secretary of State made a comment about this. And it was interesting, important, Right? saying that we will provide every possible assistance to citizens who are being held in foreign countries. Whenever an American is detained anywhere in the world, the Secretary of State said, we of course stand ready to provide every possible assistance and that includes in Russia. We have an embassy team working on the cases of other Americans who are detained in Russia. We're doing everything we can to see to it that their rights are upheld and respected spoiler alert if you break a law you're on your own if you're being detained because you're six five you're not on your own am i blaming britney griner absolutely not am i telling you for sure that it was her hashish absolutely not am i telling you that she's got a problem Absolutely yes. Koka said during the pregame ceremony of this show, believe me, the Secretary of State, everybody is going to be absolutely focused on this. It is a huge deal to get her out of Russia. I'm sorry to tell you it's not. I'm sorry to tell you that a WNBA player, even an NBA player or an NFL player, this is not about women versus men. This is not about gay, straight. This is not about tall, short, black, white, purple, green, red, or brown. This is about the fact that there are diplomatic issues going on. There are wartime issues going on with Russia and Ukraine. And Brittany Griner is not number one on the list, nor is anybody not named Brittany Griner who has been detained, not not against their will, but detained for the potential of a crime. Now, you're going to say to me, Russia could just plant it. They're going to make it up. And I'm going to say to you, they've got a few other things to do than plant hashish oil on a WNBA player. And there's no way that Russia actually thinks that the US is going to change its sanctions or going to trade anything of actual meaningfulness. God, that was an awkward sentence. That they're gonna trade anything that matters in order for the release of someone. It just doesn't work that way. Ask Jimmy Carter it's a terrible situation I think we can agree with that right but how about this what about this as an angle how about the fact that what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and the impact it's having not just on the people of Ukraine which is disastrous which is so heart-wrenching and sad and brutal and we did have a conversation about the difference between black on black and Russia Ukraine and why everybody is paying attention to Russia Ukraine. I think we did that last week. What about the toll that it takes on non combatants? Right? What about the tennis players, the college basketball players from Ukraine or Russia? What about the people who are playing professional sports or just the people who are actual just diplomats whose job it is to work for the U.S. government and they were stationed in Russia or Ukraine? All of the people, it's not that they're sacrificing their physical lives, which in theory they are because they're in a war zone. What about their mental well-being? I had a conversation with someone this weekend, and I wanted to mention it to you. The conversation was with someone from our US military. It was with someone who had not been sent overseas, had been doing exercises in the United States at different bases. And it was someone who told me that I have no idea the mental fatigue and issues and permanent problems for People in our armed forces who don't, forget who do, who don't go overseas, who don't partake in a war. And I realized that I don't spend enough time thinking about that because when I went to visit the troops overseas in Bahrain, Qatar, and Frankfurt, Germany, visiting wounded soldiers in Landstuhl, I was visiting people who were there. Then I went to Fort Bragg to visit people who were here. And it never occurred to me that the people who were here had any sort of trauma versus people who were there. And I learned that it's not just people there, it's people here, it's people everywhere. And the amount of money that we pour into mental health is de minimis. The amount of care that we have over PTSD, there's movies made about it, thank you for your service. There's so many movies about people with PTSD, soldiers coming back. Not as much focus on people who are not combatants. Never any focus on people who are just sort of ancillarily impacted by the war, whichever war it is, whichever conflict, whichever police action. How do you think Brittany Griner feels right now? How scared do you think she feels? And what impact do you think it will have on her when she comes home? Huge it's a malrev folks this is a nightmare and i think it's high time that we spent at least a minute of your day thinking about the ripple the the pebble the stone in the middle of the water that has a ripple effect when you wonder why we take the policies that we take from a foreign standpoint and we try to stop or aid different countries we are doing it for the sole purpose because we understand the impact that this will have not just on people fighting and dying, but on the people who survive, who never signed up to fight for their country. Let's keep our eye on the ball, folks. And instead of complaining every single day about minimum salaries or CBT, let's keep in mind that there's some stuff going on in the world right now, and it's not just in Russia and Ukraine that will have an impact, that will have a far greater economic and psychological impact than anything that goes on with the MLB lockout. That's our show for today. It's just business. This has been Nothing Personal.
0: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?